So a little secret, I was practicing this downstairs and I got a little excited. Pastor Kent came down there and he didn't know if he should answer the good knock on the door or not because he thought I was yelling at somebody. So if I get so excited, I start yelling. So I want to thank everybody for being here. A little secret is if you sit on the front row and you're here before anybody else, you can worship and not worry about who's watching because you don't know you're here. I didn't realize half of you guys were in here, so I thank you for being here. It's encouraging for us to get together. It's encouraging to me to see all of you guys being willing to come out here on a Wednesday night on January. Is that right? We're here. And I believe the Lord's here with us. I've been praying for most of the day that the Holy Spirit moves in a mighty way. And I am expecting him to be here with us tonight. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Good. Now let's get started. (laughs) What we're going to be talking tonight is prayer. Pastor Kent gave me free reign to talk about whatever I wanted. But if the Lord put it on my heart to talk about prayer, to talk about prayer. And prayer is not something that I have spoke on very much. To me, uh, growing up in the church, prayer, I knew that you prayed in church. And I knew that you prayed before meals. And I knew that you were supposed to pray before bed, right? Those you check those three off, right? But the most of my young and early adult life, I didn't dig into prayer like I should. I didn't take it as seriously as I do now, and and truthfully, I'm still growing a lot. So tonight, I want it to be us growing together. Definitely don't Joe Costley standing up here preaching, because I needed to hear this too. And it's exciting, and and if I get too long-winded, I'll just have to talk faster, because there's a lot of good points I want to cover. And when you talk about prayer, you could go in so many different directions, I mean, you start reading scripture, it just takes you all over the place, and each one of those could be a different message. So I'm going to try to hone in on on two big things. My goal tonight is to answer two questions. First one is, is prayer important in today's world? Now, we can all chuckle, right? Because we know that's a yes. Very far to figure out that the prayer is needed in the world today. But if so, when should I be praying? And the second one possibly is this. How do I pray? Some of those should be no-brainers, okay? There's a lot of people that I'm looking at in this room that could teach me and show me a lot on prayer. But bear with me because I'm go- my goal tonight is to have an aha moment with each of us. You guys know what an aha moment is? You know, it's just like, aha, you know, it, yeah, you, you, you'd read the same scripture over and over and over, but yet sometimes it just clicks. That light bulb goes off and like, that makes sense. So there are going to be some scriptures that we read tonight that I guarantee you guys have heard. I guarantee you studied it yourself. But I hope, and I've been praying, that we, each one of us, at some level or another, have an aha moment. The first scripture that I want us to turn to is going to be in 1 Timothy. And also, we're going to be going through a lot of scripture tonight. I hope you got a pen and a paper just to be scribbling notes, write down some scripture. Goal is here, I'm going to challenge you, go home and look them up yourself. There's a lot of people that think they're on the right track because they listen to somebody preach. But they never went and looked it up themselves. So I challenge you guys, don't take my word for it. Go in, dig into the word, and look these scriptures up yourself. 
We're going to be going through them quick. So just jot them down. If you've got to put them in your phone, I'll trust that you're paying attention. Okay, Melissa? Appreciate it. <laughs> so 1 Timothy. Also, by the way, don't I look good up here like Pastor Kent with my computer? I feel pretty fancy up here. I also want to tell you it's been good to worship tonight. Well, thank you, Michael. But it means a lot that we get to worship with you guys because we've been missing you. We don't get to see you on Sunday mornings and, and don't take for granted the worship that we have here. It's powerful. Don't take it for granted. So, 1 Timothy. And remember, question is when. So, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, I urge then... First of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So what's the six first words? I urge then first of all. First things first. I'm going to be uh, quoting out of the NIV. There's a lot of good versions out there. My study Bible happens to be the NIV, so that's the one I use most. Uh, but So these are out of the NIV. So this is something I've been pretty convicted on lately. Because me, I'm more the, I'm going to fix it myself type of guy. I'm more the, I don't need anybody else's help. I got it on my own. And so there's a lot of times that the Lord, I've had to swallow my pride because, um, say, a situation rises up. And I don't listen to these first six words. Because I try to figure it out myself. And normally, it's after I've failed or struggled long enough, I say, okay, God, I'm going to pray about this. But that's not how we're supposed to do it. So when we're asking the question of when, I urge you then, first of all. Now jump to 1 Timothy uh, 2.8. He says again, therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I think we need to hear that today. Remember, this is a letter to Timothy. Paul would have been looking at Timothy like a, a, a son in the faith, okay? So he really dove into his life and, 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 and mentored him. So the stuff that we can learn from these scriptures, it was truly with all the passion that he could write this to Timothy. And we can take that and put it into action today. So first things first. Also, this may not come naturally to us. I urge you then, first of all, to pray for men everywhere and lift them up in holy name. That does not come natural. That is only through the Holy Spirit. Our flesh says, uh, no. <laughs> our flesh says, I can do it myself, and I'm not worried about them. But our spirit man is who we need to be listening to. So it's going to take practice. Next, we're going to be going to James. Turn with me to James chapter 5. And we're still answering the question of when. So James chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 13. I'm going to read a few of them to you. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And the prayer offered in faith will, be, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one and each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you realize that that's us? We are in that category because of the Lord Jesus. So therefore, no. Our prayers, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. So the first question, isn't it important? Yes. When do we do it? Always. That's right. You guys had an aha moment yet? We're going to keep going. Because guess what? Some that aren't in there is Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8. So I'm going to tell you a little commercial here. I told a woman one time, I don't want certain people praying for me. And she looked at me like I was just saying blasphemous words. And she said, well, how dare you? You know, how, how could you be so bold in that? I said, let's turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8 says, The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. 15.29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. I want the righteous person praying for me. I want the believer, the spirit-filled believer praying for me. I'm going to read a footnote to you. Now, we all know footnotes are nothing but the people who put this together's opinion, okay? Every once in a while, there's one I agree with. In fact, most of them. Sometimes I don't, but I like this one. The Christian's most powerful resource is communion with God through prayer. The results are often greater than we thought were possible. Some people see prayer as the last resort to be tried when else all else fails. Me. Talking to me. This approach is backwards. Prayer should come first because God's power is infinitely greater than ours. It only makes sense to rely on it, especially because God encourages us to do so. And that's what I wanted to get to. God encourages us to be in prayer. The next verse I want us to look at is 1 Thessalonians. If you turn there, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 13. No, I'm sorry, verse 16. Remember, we're still on the win. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So kids, if you are in Sunday school and your Sunday school teacher said, hey, did you memorize any Bible verses? Here's one that you can remember. 1 Thessalonians 5.28 or 5.16 says, rejoice always. The next one says, pray continually. Let's say it together. Rejoice always, pray continuously. You guys got two stars, okay? Put them up on the board. We can remember that. But how do we put it into practice? Sometimes it's a little harder. No matter what the circumstance is, we should be able to Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks. No matter what's on the news, no matter what's happened at home, it does not matter the circumstance. Through the Holy Spirit, we can rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks. 
Now pray continually. I understand that we're not going to spend every second of every day on our knees in prayer. But it is possible to have a prayerful attitude at all times. See, as we grow, some of us may be in that spiritual milk, but we need to get to that meat. I think it's a time that it's time to start moving if we're not there. If if we are there, we need to start growing even more. We need to start digging in. See, you can get to that prayerful attitude. The closer we grow to God, we will find it naturally to pray frequently, spontaneously, and short little prayers. It'll become natural to you to go to God quickly. Because the spirit man's leading, not the flesh. A prayerful attitude is not a substitute for regular times of prayer, but it should be an outgrowth of those times. Being in prayer on our knees is important, but it's also time to take action. It's also time to put it into, put the works. It says faith without deeds is dead. So we can be continually in prayer no matter what. Romans 12, 12, you want to jot it down, you don't have to go there. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So the next one that we're going to go to, that's all been on the when. Now we're on the how. Once again, this is a refresher for a lot of us, right? Be it, I think we're about to get an aha moment. Because there's a lot of times that we know what we should do, but we don't always do it. So Hebrews 4.16, turn with me there. At least jot it down so you can read it later. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The reason I said a lot of times I don't think we put it into practice, I'm not going to say it's Oakton. But I think Christians across the world today think that we got to be some sort of of whip dog when it comes before the throne room. And that is not true. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Therefore, we can go into that throne room with confidence. Not being conceited. Humbly doing it. It's possible. We have to believe what we read. We have to put it into practice. So when it says, let us be approach God's throne of grace with confidence, you realize what that means? In the Old Testament, one time a year, a high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, the most inner room, and if he didn't do everything right, he dropped dead and they drug him out on a rope. But yet now we, through Christ Jesus, have the ability to go confidently in that throne room. We got to remember it. Because there's a lot of times the passive Christian wants to forget that. I think it's time that we decide where we stand. I think it's time that we look at this scripture and say, yes, I'm going to stand on that. Now remember, pride comes before the fall. we still got to be humble here. But let's not forget what Jesus has done for us. So whenever I'm talking about how do I need to learn how to pray, there's one that comes straight to my mind, and I almost did the entire night on this scripture. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and once again, you guys know it, 
So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6. We're looking at verse 5. So when we're talking about how to pray, let's hear what Jesus had to say. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Think about that. We have confidence to go before the throne room. We don't have to be doing anything for show because God already knows. Think about that. We live in a broken world and we've probably been part of breaking it. And yet, through Jesus Christ, we can have that confidence knowing that the Lord God sees what is unseen. Us. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. Is that not comforting? Father God knows what we need. He's just waiting for us to ask. He's standing at that door. James 4 8 says, draw unto him and he will draw unto you. We take that step. He's ready to take a step. He's ready for us right where we're at. Now I'm going to read this. You guys can say it with me or read it with me. But this needs to be heard. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us the evil one. That's right, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Let us not forget that. And then there's one more big topic when we're talking about how to pray, and a lot of people don't like to hear it, but I'm going to try to explain it in such a way that we get an aha moment here. Let's that light bulb go off. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us through this next one. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Truthfully, this is the reason why Heather and I put our flag here at Oakton. We claim this is our home church because of this very thing. You see, I grew up not believing in the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, I was taught against them. And so I was the guy that would argue against them pretty bluntly, not so humbly. But whenever we took a step of faith and we went down to a church in Arkansas... We were experienced the gifts of the Spirit in such a way that we couldn't deny them. Couldn't deny it. Whenever we went there and they said, uh, we believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongue, Heather and I looked at each other and almost got up and walked out. But something kept us there. And you, a lot of you guys have heard this. But something kept us there because we could not deny that we had grown and we felt the Spirit's presence. 
So when we came and started looking for a home church back in this area again, we knew we had one or maybe three or four choices. Yet we kept visiting Oakton. And we kept visiting Oakton because we wanted to be at a place that was known and taught the gifts of the Spirit and actively worked in the gifts of the Spirit. And that is why we are here. It's important. So Romans chapter 8. Who here did the study of John Bevere in Sunday school class that we did drawing near? I know a few of you are in here. I happen to be the one teaching that study, but I think I got the most out of it because it was amazing. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a second. I guess it helps if I turn to Romans also. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 through 28. That's what we're going to read. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Hallelujah. There are so many times that I'd mess it up. But yet... We as believers, if, you, if we've received the gift of the Spirit, this is a free gift that we can work in. Who agrees that we're in a spiritual battle in America today? Wouldn't you like to have the best weapon in our arsenal? It's right here. You see, when we pray, so there's different types of tongue. I'm going to get into this real quick, very brief. I'm going to talk about them later. That's fine. You got, the time, you got an earthly language. If you don't know it, you speak it. Somebody from another country hears it. That's power of tongue, just like a Pentecost, right? They all knew it. Then there's the, the, the one for the unbeliever, and that's the heavenly language that is spoken out, and that's where an interpretation comes in. And then there's the prayer language. This is that intimate language between us and the Holy Spirit. And this study... If you have not read the book, John Bevere, I'd say go read it. Pastor Larry is who gave it to me. And it changed my world when, it, when I look, how I looked at this. He simply went into the instruction. and he, he, We looked at the verses, why it was important. See, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's always some sort of outward sign of an inward decision. But that, that, that does not always mean speaking in tongue. For me... I believed I received the Holy Spirit eight, nine, almost ten years ago. But I didn't speak in tongue. In fact, I didn't even believe in it. How is God going to give me something I don't believe in? My outward sign was the quitting the drinking and the smoking and the, the partying and the chewing and all that that went with it, cold turkey through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how God did that outward sign. And the biggest one of all, I read Scripture and it made sense. You guys ever read it? We read and read and read and just not, you're not getting anything? Let the Holy Spirit work in us. Let the Holy Spirit's power work through us. And it comes to life. And it's powerful. And it's exciting. And you want to keep digging and you want to keep digging. And, and you hear about these things that are going on. And you say, I, that's me. I can, that, I can receive that right now. If we want to. If we let our spirit man come out. But oh, so often we just hold it back. Our flesh hangs on. 
So in the book, John Bevere, he talks about when you receive your prayer language, a lot of the time, it's just one syllable. Just one syllable. And I used to think, you guys that have been around this a while, I'm, you know, I'm still a baby, I guess. I used to think that if that's true, I want it. I prayed for it, and since I never got it, didn't believe it. But I believed, get this, no joke. I believed, I'm a pretty big old boy, you know, that the Holy Spirit was just going to shake me, and I wouldn't be able to stop him. I remember trying to thinking, it's happening, it's happening, I'm fighting it. If it's real, he's going to do it anyway. Isn't that funny? I, th- I thought that. And I thought, if this is real, I'm not going to be able to stop it. And it's just going to come out, and I'm going to speak it, and I won't even be able to, my flesh won't be able to stop it. Now, if you think that way, we can relate, and we'll talk later. But that's not the case. You see, the Holy Spirit gives it to you, but he doesn't force it. And so, therefore, we have to submit our vocal cords and our lips to allow it to happen. If it's one syllable, just say the one syllable. The reason that study was so important to me, I read the book, we've kind of, or I skimmed over the book and I read the, the, the audio version. It wasn't until the last few chapters, I'd already started teaching the class. <laughs> and when that part came, I was nervous. I was like, how can I teach this? I don't even have it, you know. But I dug in. And it was through that is whenever the Lord granted me my request. And it's been powerful. So therefore, why is it so important? Why is it that arsenal that we can pull out and use right now in our spiritual battle all around us? Because it is a direct communication with our Father. And the enemy does not have a clue what you're saying. And if we do not, you and me, if we do not use this in God's kingdom right now, then we're not fighting on all levels. Don't take that personal, please. If you haven't received your prayer language, don't take it personal. Because I hadn't for a long time. I believe I had the Holy Spirit inside of me, and for a long time I I didn't have it. So don't take it personal. But if that's something that you are longing for, I challenge you to dig in. Start tonight. Start tonight. So for me, I was that believer for a long time, couldn't, didn't have it. So doubt came in. And, and I started to question, you know, I, I know I feel you, Holy Spirit. How come I can't have this? And I read this scripture and I thought, ha, ha, aha, that was me. That happened to people back then too. Acts 8.15 said, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that, were, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. Aha. I'm not the only one. You know how refreshing that is when you you find out you're not the only one? But I want us to remember this is a big deal. Because right now, each of us have a battle going on. 
The enemy is after the believer today. He has been for a while. But I'm sure if you think about it, there is something that the enemy is trying to kill, steal, or destroy in your life. And Jesus said, be gone because I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And we need to claim that tonight. So whatever it is, we need to be praying for it. Remember, confidently in that throne room because Jesus is there with us. And it's through him that we can do it. Pretty good refresher. Let's put it into practice. I'm doing a lot better than I thought. (laughs) So here in just a minute, I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. But I want us to turn to one more verse real quick. Please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 20. So Ephesians chapter 6. And so right before this is the armor of God. You guys know what that is. If you need to look it up, start at verse 10. But we're going to read verse 18. Actually, you know what? We got time. We're going to start at verse 10. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell you that. So the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's what we're talking about, right? The devil's after us. We need to make sure we're ready. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's exciting. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which, with which you will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Are we ready for that battle? We might be outside hell's gates right now. Are we ready for battle? Let's keep going. Verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Praise team, if you guys would go ahead and come up. I want us to think about this for a moment. Meditate on this for just a moment. If you are an ambassador, you are a full-blown representative of those that you are representing. 
an ambassador to America gets to speak on behalf of America. If you and I are ambassadors of Christ, how are we doing? A little self-examination time. How are we doing? I feel like I fail a lot. I'm thankful that there's grace. And Jesus is right there to pick me back up. And in my own words, he's saying, come on, big guy, let's do it again. And so if that's you tonight, there's grace. But don't let it sour. Because we're not to take advantage of that grace. Scripture says if you know what you ought to do and you don't do it, that's sin. Let that not be us tonight. So tonight for the altar call, I want to speak this over you. I want this to be the prayer that we pray over each one of us. I want this to be the prayer that you pray over the leadership of this church. I want this to be the prayer that you're praying for your brothers and sisters that are here. Especially those that aren't here. It's an honor to be here with you guys tonight. It makes my heart happy to see us coming together. I told Pastor Ken earlier, if I get too far on the rebel side, just bring me back. But I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that you have chosen to come together to hear the word of the Lord. And I believe he is here with us tonight. So we need to be praying that the words given to each of us so that we will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which we are ambassadors. We have to have a spirit-filled boldness in order to step out in faith. That's a whole other message, and I'll get too excited, and we'll be here for a long time. But that spirit-filled boldness has got to take action. It's important to be in prayer. It's important to stand up, and it is important to make sure we know where we stand and what side we are on. And so that is the altar call tonight. If you feel like you failed, there's grace. Come before the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Kent and Pastor Jim to be ready. If you need to come up here, these altars are for you tonight. We talked a lot about prayer, and I'm still getting done fairly early, so we can spend time in prayer. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want it tonight, come on up. I believe the Spirit is willing if we are. If you've not received your prayer language, these are two separate things, and you would like prayer for that, come up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. And I would really, really love it if each one of us took this seriously because you know what? It's time. It doesn't take long to look at the news to figure out that we live in a broken world. 
The evil is being shown more than ever, and I don't even know the details, but now is the time. We are here for a reason. You have been chosen by God to be here tonight, and now is the time that we dig in. So I'm going to pray, and let's let the Spirit move. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for for allowing us to be able to still have the freedom to be here. I ask that you move right now. Holy Spirit, move over this room. Fill each of us with your presence. Push out any doubt, any flesh, anything. Push it out and let only your spirit be known in our lives right now. I thank you, Father God, for each person here. I thank you for their boldness that they're here now. And I thank you for their willingness to grow closer to you no matter what level each of us are on. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your love. And I thank you for your presence. I ask that you move right now in a mighty way. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.